Great Levites, my dear friends, how y'all doing? It feels like I'm at home with family, is that all right? I am so just honored to be here. And I, I just love that song. You are my strength. Strength like no other. Strength like no other. Yeah. It reaches to me. You are my strength. I wish I had two or three worshipers in the house. Strength like no Hallelujah, Jesus. I hope y'all don't mind we just take a little time. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. How we bless you, Jesus. How we honor you, Jesus. How we worship you, Jesus. How we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I hear somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It reaches to me. Come on, bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Turn with me to the book of Mark. We're in the seventh chapter. Father God, as we go forth in your word, Lord God, we pray right now, Lord God, that these waters are troubled in this house, Lord God, that your spirit is already dwelling in this place, Lord God. Speak to us as never before, Lord God. Help us, oh God, just not only to be hearers, but to do, be doers of your word. And as we go forth, oh God, I decrease. God, you increase and have your way in this place. It's in the name of Jesus that we do pray. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Mark 7, start with uh, verse 24. Seraphimian woman's faith. Amen. The word of the Lord reads on this wise. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he had, could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Seraphonician by birth, and she begged him to cast a demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And when he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And when she went home and found the child lying in bed, the demon was gone. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen. You may take your seat. I am just so honored that God would have me to revisit this text in this place. Uh, and I, let me tell you why. Um, oh, 20 something odd years ago, I preached my first sermon and I preached uh, this text and I haven't preached it since then. So I'm not quite sure what I said back then. I didn't take, you know, keep good notes back then. Um, but I, I'm excited to preach it again here in this house because when I preached my first sermon, I stayed with Wanda and I stayed with Joanne. And uh, Wanda had to pray all night long <laughs> to help me get through that first one and, to, um, and for God to come back at this point in this place. You know, you, New London will always be special to me. Amen. So to come back here and to revisit this text is exciting for me. I can't wait to see 
what God is going to say to his people. Y'all ready? Okay, well, one of the first things that reached out and grabbed me in this text didn't come from the woman for whom this text is about. It grabbed me a little bit before. Uh, the Bible says, and there, from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house, he being Jesus, and he didn't want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. And I tried my best to continue, but right there I got a little bit stuck because it said that Jesus could not be hidden. And, and at this point in his ministry, we know that Jesus had, 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 had um, he had fed the 5,000, yes? At this point in his ministry, we know that he'd already been going around healing folk. At this point in his ministry, Jesus was, was he's walking on water. And so it, it's, it's, it's funny to me that Jesus was doing so many great and marvelous and wonderful things, yet he didn't want anybody to know about it. And every time he did it, he would say, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I don't know if we're like that. <laughs> we want everybody to know. But that's, that's a different, different subject. But, um, but, but the fact that Jesus did not want his fame to go out, um, it, it caused great concern for me. I, I was wondering why Jesus didn't want us to go out and tell everybody about his great exploits. I mean, who else could turn? two fish and five loaves in the bread into a meal for five thousand. Like, like, who else but Jesus Jesus could, could tell Peter that, hey, you can come out and walk on this water too. Like, who else? And, and, and why would he think that if we saw these great and marvelous things happen, why would we keep it to him, ourselves? And, and so here we find Jesus <sighs> saying to her, saying here in this text, I don't want to be known. But this lady had heard all about Jesus. And she was not going to let him be close to her without getting just a little bit of him. And, and, and what I want us to see in this text is sometimes we are hidden in our churches. Sometimes we are doing great and marvelous things and we think that nobody sees exactly what we are doing but sometimes we have to realize that God is allowing us to be hidden only for a season that pretty soon the fame of what God has allowed you to do the fame of what God has put down on the inside of you is going to be it's the, you got to take the covers off and so tonight that's one of the things I want us to know, that you can't stay hidden for much longer. You can't stay hidden for much longer. That God has put something on the inside of you that's just not for New London, Connecticut. That God has put something down on the inside of you that's not just for Shiloh Baptist Church. But God has given you something that's going to stir the masses. And you can't stay hidden for much longer. I know some of y'all don't understand you. You say, well, I'm, I'm all right exactly where I am, and that's good that you're all right. But what if God wants to do something different with you? Some of us are sitting here in this room all right with the status quo, but you know that you have so much more on the inside of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know that God is stirring things up on the inside of you. He gives you little glimpses of it. He lets you see them in visions and he lets you see it in dreams and yet you want to stay hidden. But tonight the covers are coming off and no longer will you stay hidden. No longer will you stay hidden. I want you to talk to yourself for a moment because you know exactly who I'm talking to. You know everything that God has allowed you to see and you know that there are more things that your hands need to do. Am I talking to anybody in the room? There's something for my hands to do. And I've been hiding for too long. I've been okay with being in the background for too long. But now it's time for the colors to come off. I can't stay hidden any longer. There was an online community called Christianity. And in that community, people ask questions. And when they ask questions, there's a dialogue that goes uh, in this community. And so I was in this community, and we were dialoguing about this question. Why is it that Jesus didn't want his fame to go out? One other person said, do you think he was afraid? I said, no. I don't think Jesus was afraid. Now, that might be some of our problem. But I don't think Jesus was afraid. Let me just read to you what they said. They said, you know, and they give you all these scriptures to back up what they're saying. They said, somebody said, Jesus was clearly and understandably troubled by the thought of his own crucifixion and death. However, the reason that he was hiding and delaying the events wasn't out of fear, but because he knew the correct timing and knew that it shouldn't begin too early. Therefore, Jesus tried to delay some of the early events in order to make sure the timing was correct and perfect. I submit to you this evening, maybe our lives have intersected this night because the time has come for you to now begin to take the covers off of what God has put on the inside of you. No longer will I be okay in the background. No longer will I all be okay just doing everything as ordinary. It's time for us to stop being hidden. I know I'm preaching to myself. I was all right just being in the choir. I was all right just directing the choir, but there is so much more on the inside of me that God wants to deliver to the nations. And I wish I had two or three people who would be honest in this room tonight and say, I've got more to give. I've got more to give. I've got more to give. I got more to give. And what do they say? They say that one of the places that has so many, much potential is the graveyard because people die with all their potential on the inside of them. I'm going to say tonight that's not going to be my testimony that I'm going to give everything I got to the call of Christ until the day I die. The covers are coming off. The covers are coming off.
thing that grabs me here in this text. Those of you who have been with me at Harvard Seminary, you know I love worship. And you know that God and I do some serious talking about worship. And the thing that grabs me about this Seraphonician woman is as soon as she saw Jesus, she fell to her feet. Something about, as J.L. Packer would say, being willing to be different. Because, you know, I'm so blessed and honored to go in houses of worship all across the country. And sometimes Christians, sometimes the state of our worship disturbs my spirit. Sometimes the state of who, where we are as a group of people who claim to love God causes me co to be concerned. I know y'all feel it sometimes musicians, it's just like, it feels like pulling teeth. Oh, y'all don't have that issue here, okay? <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. Feels like if the gift that God has given the person is not so amazing that they do all of these trillions of backflips and all of these different things. It feels like we as a church just sit there and nod our head and, and patricate our God like we're doing God a favor by sitting here and listening to this. Last week, uh, my college students and I, we were in worship in uh, New Haven, and the Lord, Spirit of the Lord came through there in such a mighty way. Uh, I mean, they danced for 45 minutes straight. Now, these same people, it'd take me a good hour to get them to clap. You them, I said, oh, y'all, covers have come off now. I'm not taking that foolishness from you no more. Huh? And when we come into rehearsal, I want to see your best friend. I mean, they was in there flipping and running and stuff. It was, I said, yes. And so one of the students and I got into the discussion, and she said, well, but, but Miss Lisa, we just can't go in and just praise the Lord on demand. I said, I can be, okay, I'll accept that. I said, but what is it that you're offering God when you come? I hear you, I hear you. What is it that we're offering God when we come and sit at his feet? I mean, here it is, this Seraphonician woman. She was a woman who did not necessarily spend all her time with Jesus, right? She was a woman who was watching him from afar, but you didn't hear anything about the disciples who were with him dropping down and worshiping at his feet. It's so funny, those of us who claim to be Christians and claim to have a relationship with God, it seems like we don't even care about how we offer God our worship. Okay, it's all right. <laughs> how is it that this woman who in our terms, we would say she just came in off the street 
recognizes the deity of Jesus. And when she sees Jesus, she drops at her feet. Don't we recognize that this is the house of God? Don't we recognize that his spirit dwells in this place? Don't we recognize that he inhabits the praises of his people? That if that's all those things that we can recognize, why is it that we almost have to put on a show in order for us to lift our hands? Feels like we have to put on a show in order for us to clap our hands. Uh, how come we can't come in the house of the Lord fully, fully worshiping him, fully willing and, and ready to give him our very best praise? What is it that is hindering us from giving ourselves to God? What are you offering God when you come? Second Samuel, I can't remember, but I think it's chapter 24, when they were going to build the house of God. And David, they, David went to get the piece of land for, for, to build the house. And they wanted to give David that land for free. And David said, no, I can't give God nothing that don't cost me anything. about this. He kept saying Exodus, Exodus, Exodus. And I'm like, God, what is it? Let me read to you what it says in Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image. This is from uh, the Ten Commandments. Or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that that is in earth beneath, and that which is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. And in some translation says that God says, he says, I don't have a rival, right? So we're so often and so often we're willing to be uh, worshipers of other things and we don't call it that. But hey, if somebody puts a bus, uh, basket in the goal, we're willing to get shout and say, praise that person. But what, why, what is it that makes us sit and just stare and not offer God what's on the inside of us? Don't you feel better when you bless the name of the Lord? <laughs> Don't you feel better when you bless God's name? Don't you feel better when God's spirit inhabits the place? Don't you feel better when you can feel the power of God moving and working and moving and working in the I wish I had about two or three people who would just offer God praise right now. Let's get this place stirred up. Don't just pin a pat him. But give God what you came here to do. You didn't come here to look at me. You came here to worship. You came here to adore him. You came here to magnify him. Something about your worship. I can't do it for you. Bishop can't do it for you. 
But when you enter his gates with thanksgiving, when you enter his courts with praise, when you acknowledge who he is and give him everything that you got, watch God move. We didn't come here for church as ordinary. We came here for a move of God. We came to see God work in our lives. We came to give God the highest praise. We came to thank him for his work on Cameron's cross. We came in the house to give God, to give God, to give God. Desperate. 
are you? You see, sometimes God allows situations to come to help us to realize that our help and our hope is only in the name of the Lord. How desperate, how desperate are you? And for some of us, ain't nothing going wrong. We just want God. We just want God, we just want his love, we just want his finger touching us and directing and guiding us. And it's so easy to see it in the scripture, even in this one. When she to Jesus. Okay, I'm moving on. That's that's the second thing, right? Oh, I was supposed to tell y'all this. (laughs) It's good, I think. Hold on. (sighs) You know, here, here, uh, in the scripture, the disciples asked Jesus to send her away. Weren't they, I mean, they always had something special, I'm gonna say special, special to say. (laughs) They they always, okay. Uh, And I'm just so blessed by this Seraphonician woman who didn't care what they thought. Uh, how strange it must have been for her to come up to Jesus. How strange must it have been for her to fall at his feet. How those unspiritual disciples always wanted somebody out of the presence of Jesus. My question to you, is it all right for you to be strange? Is it all right for you to have an undignified praise? Is it all right for you to do something in the presence of God that you've never done before? Okay, I'm gonna move on. All right. That's all right, that's all right. How strange are you? Well. The third thing, and that I'm going back to Harvard. Uh, he told me, he told me. <laughs> the thing that gets me about this woman, she didn't take no for an answer. How would you feel if you went to Jesus and you had a petition and his answer was, what I have is not for you? How would you feel if you were this Seraphonician woman and all she wanted to do was to see her daughter made home? Her perseverance Her tenacity to keep going is something I think that we can all glean from. Because so often when people tell us no, we're so defeated 
And I, it may not be for anybody else in this room, but I know I felt that way. That when people have told me, no, it's not gonna work, that's not something for you, I have felt defeated. But God had to send somebody like this fair Seraphonicia woman to reiterate the fact that what God has for you is for you and that no devil in hell and no earthly saints can stop you from getting what God has for you. But you gotta keep going, you gotta keep pressing, and you gotta keep making your way to Jesus. <sighs> when I was thinking about what Jesus said to her, uh, she said, he said, uh, can, I, can, can, can you make my daughter whole? I'm begging you. And she, he said, no, what I have is not for you at this time. And she said, she said, she said, but even, no, it's, it's not worth, it's not good for the children's bread to be given to the dogs. Like, she didn't even harp on the fact that he said dogs. <laughs> I don't know how spiritual I would have been in the same place. She didn't even stop right there. He said, dogs, that would have been enough for me, all right? God bless you. That's your life. Huh? <laughs> I know. But it was like, I, I have to acknowledge, it kind of like, the God showed me like a basketball analogy that sometimes you have to spin on them. <laughs> so she took what Jesus said and she spent on them. She said, even, even the dogs, they need to get a little crumb of what you have. Huh? Huh? Sometimes when people come your way with some stuff, you just got to spin on them. Huh? Huh? You got to turn it around on them. Huh? You can't just take whatever. You got to turn it around and put a little spin on them. They don't know where you coming from. Like, where you get that kind of faith? Where you get that kind of tenacity? Where you get that kind of faith that no matter what you say, no matter what I'm going through, I ain't gonna stop until I get to Jesus. And I ain't gonna stop until he meet every need that I have. I wish I had two or three people who would say I'm gonna press in. I said, I wish I had two or three people who said I'm gonna press in. I'm gonna press in, huh? And no devil in hell gonna stop me from getting to where I need to be in God. Come on, right now, you're going through some situations and you might not be able to do it in their face, but in this atmosphere, I need you to spin on them. Come on, move out of your seat. Move from the place that you are and walk by faith and say, I'm gonna spin on it. I'm gonna spin on it. I'm not gonna be deterred by what they say. I'm not gonna be stopped by your negativity. I'm gonna spin on it. Come on, I'm gonna spin on it.
for me and this ain't it baby I got a little bit more let me spin on come on in this room come on in this room come on in this room by faith Release your faith in this atmosphere and press your